welcome to Business Talk Sister Rock. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today we get the awesome opportunity to talk to the owner of Sherwood Crafts. His name is Nate. And we are so pumped for you guys to hear all about this. And Ruthie <laughs> had the opportunity of hanging out with him way more than I did. <laughs> so it's going to be a whole bunch of new stuff for me. I might be gawking a lot more than I should. But thank you so much for being with us today, Nate. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am too. I mean, it's, it's, it's not every day that I get to uh, talk about uh, woodworking. It's, it's, a, it's a passion of mine and I, I, love, I love talking about it and I really hope I don't talk your ears off. <laughs> <laughs> a little spoiler. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so I turn wood into slightly smaller wood. I, oh. I'm, I'm a woodworker. I, I, I hone and, and create things out of wood. Awesome. Okay. And then why did you start with that? Like, what was your passion behind wanting to get into woodworking? Yeah. So my, my father and grandfather were both in, in different levels, different uh, ways, woodworkers. My grandfather has a, a shop in his basement. And so I kind of grew up around the tools. And so I kind of learned how to put things together and the, the tricks of the trade, as it were. Uh, my grandfather actually, incidentally, has basically rebuilt his house wow. from the ground up uh, using that shop in the basement. And so uh, I, I always had a kind of a, a in, inherent passion for woodworking. But the business side evolved from a desire to be self-reliant uh, and, and use my creativity to create. Uh, wood, woodworking can be cathartic and I feel joy and pride in creating something and seeing that thing finished and in the hands of someone that I made it for. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> my, my small attempts at woodworking uh, that mostly consist of mounting a shelf on a wall, I, I, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. I okay. mean, after it's done, it's, it's, it, you feel accomplished, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about like kind of wanting to make that into a business and being self-sustaining. What were the first couple steps that you took into kind of making this profitable? Yeah, so the, the product and the company name kind of went hand in hand with me. So I, had, I, I saw a, uh, an item that I personally wanted. I wanted a dice tower. I, there's, there's companies out there that make these uh, dice towers, and they're really, really nice, but they're also really expensive. Okay, so backtrack. I, what is a dice tower? I know what it is, and I'm stoked about it. <laughs> like, just in case someone doesn't know. Yes. You know, thank you for asking. A dice tower is a an item that you use with uh, tabletop role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder or any other type of tabletop game, even Monopoly, anything that uses dice. You put it on the in the top. You put the dice on the top of the tower. And it tumbles down the tower and falls into a little tray. And it's supposed to give you a more clean dice roll, a more uh, randomized dice roll. But it also makes it so that the dice don't go all over the table and fall on the floor or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you were like, I really want this, but also I think I could make it and it would be awesome. 
and right then- yeah so it, so the, <laughs> the, the business started out as a desire of how do i make this cheaper yeah. than i see it at, uh, in other locations but it evolved from that to how do i make this more unique and mm-hmm. so i i've developed a a style that it's it's based off of styles that i've seen before but it's uniquely my own yeah yeah and you talked about how that kind of tied into the logo what did you do how did you make that your own yes so one of my best friends is a a graphic designer Mm -hmm. and i i came across him actually he he used to live with me and uh i asked him how you came came across him he lives here (laughs) i came across him in the hallway one day and uh (laughs) And uh, I, I asked him to develop a, a logo for me. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like ge- geometry. I, mm-hmm. I like shapes. And I like yeah. meaning behind, behind logos. And so I, I asked him to make an outline of a 20-sided dice with a tree in the middle where the outline of the tree is a 10-sided dice. And that's my logo. Yeah, and you guys, this is like one of the most unique yo- logos. I, I was going to say yogos. <laughs> logos I've ever seen. It's really cool. And I it just, I don't know, just everything about it is so calculated and, and so well thought out. Like just like when you were talking about it and explaining kind of like, I mean, I obviously can't, this is a podcast, I can't show you, but it's so cool. And I just, yeah, you guys will have to check out his Instagram. It is Sherwood Crafts on Instagram and it's so cool. Also, yeah. he has a Twitch account. I just saw that on his Oh, Instagram. gosh. <laughs> I do have a Twitch account. I forgot about that. <laughs> I haven't used that in a long time. <laughs> um, okay, so kind of go, ro- rolling back to the business side of this. So you kind of started out like you had this idea of what you wanted to do. You wanted to make a logo. You were very thought out in how you like decided to do what you, with your logo. Um, how did you start the actual process of making these things like what tools did you you were like this is i'm i'm going to need these tools in order to to move forward with this passion that i have yeah so because i was already passionate about woodworking and i had a background in woodworking i had a lot of those tools already with me so i oh. i was i was very i was very blessed to have <laughs> those tools already in my possession yeah so i used the tools that i had I had less at the time. Obviously, I've grown since then uh, with the amount of tools that I have. <laughs> like any, any, any uh, woodworker would tell you, it's, you never have too many clamps. Um, that is not what I imagined a woodworker say. <laughs> oh. You can never have enough wood, but like. Oh, no, it's, many. yeah, if you, if, you, uh, if you say that to another woodworker, they'll say, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I've got. <laughs> 10,000, maybe at some point, 10,000, you know, that might be too many. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So it depends on what you're doing, right? I if guess. you're making big, big tables, that might not be enough. <laughs> yeah. So you had just kind of like your basic, like essential yeah, ones. Yeah. So like... I had a, I had a table saw yeah. and a, uh, a, a miter saw or a chop saw, some people call it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what I do is on the table saw. Nice. And so a lot of the, the, first introductory or my my very first tower was made primarily on the table saw yeah so i uh, the first one that i made was kind of reverse engineered from the other uh dice towers that i've seen 
and I, I took pictures offline and thought, okay, well, this is how I, how I would make it with the skills that I know that I have. Mm. And, uh, and it evolved from there. So the design you have with that, you pulled it apart when he was showing us like that you pulled it apart with magnets. Is that a yes. common thing or is that something Ooh. you were like, this is a good idea? The, it was something that I saw a, a few other designers do. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not explicitly mine, but it's something that I was attracted to. No yeah. pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's something where you can, you can take it apart. You can store it a lot more flat and it's it's just more aesthetically pleasing to me personally. But all of the towers that I make aren't just uh, magnetic towers. I make other uh, glued together towers as well. Yeah, and like, and I know we're kind of like, I was really excited about the towers just because they look so cool. But you make so many things that look so cool. Like, Thank how you. do you? Yeah, and they're just like you pulled up this cutting board that was just stunning. I was like, wow, how do you get the color of wood to look like that? Like, just I don't know. Like, just, just everything about it is just so yeah, just really beautiful yeah. and well well thought out. And how do you decide? what to make like is that um people ask you to make specific products or you just kind of like mass produce a lot of a, a lot of product that people then buy like craft shows or do you do more custom work it's primarily custom work i'll say that yeah uh, cool. all of my all of the things that i make the colors that you see those are natural colors i don't dye or stain mm -hmm. any of my products and so wow. I, i'm i'm that's something i'm proud of of using nature's beauty to make something equally beautiful. Yeah. Um, I'll, you should have products. that as your tagline. Do you have that? That is No, I don't. Like, I should. Uh, using nature's beauty to, what did you say? To make something equally make, beautiful? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Using nature's beauty to make something equally beautiful. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Ruthie's just oh. mining your little nuggets. Okay. So <laughs> also that sounds so bad. I'm never going to say that again. <laughs> okay. So time management to make sure you're being productive. What what does that look like? Because I know a lot of times as artists, there are people who get so focused on, oh, this is the idea that I have, that they spend so much time that in the end, when they finally sell a product, they're like, well, I put over a thousand hours into this. It's worth this. But, mm -hmm. but how do you make sure that you're, you're being conservative on, on your production process and then making sure you know what your market wants? Yeah. So um, in my situation right now, I have a nine month old kid. Uh, a little boy and that is a uh it's a blessing first of all second of all it re it makes sure that any time that i spend in woodworking it has to be uh what's the word i want to use very intentional almost yes it has to be intentional yeah. uh i have to make sure that every minute that i am out in my garage which is where my shop is mm. is used to the fullest. So if I have a project in mind, I need to make sure that I have all of the wood that I need for that project. I need to make sure that I have the cut list uh, accurate and stick to the, basically stick to the plan. That's the, that's the goal. Stick yeah. to the plan, make a plan, stick to the plan. Yeah. And it seems like you've kind of developed 
a good plan with that, like of just kind of over time deciding what works and what doesn't. And, and that I love that. I love that process. I am really big into process development. That is something I just really enjoy refining mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So how do people, you said you do like these custom projects and stuff like that, which is so evident on your, your Instagram page and your website. Uh, how do people hear about you? So a lot of my stuff I do is through Instagram primarily. Uh, yeah. it, I love Instagram. It's free. You can reach a lot of different people if you want to put in the money to invest into your product, into your, your uh, brand. Mm -hmm. But with hashtags even, just using mm -hmm. the right hashtags. Mm -hmm. I think you guys talked about that in a, in a previous podcast, right? If we didn't, we are now. Use <laughs> hashtags. <laughs> no, yeah. Actually, Ruthie and I have been just kind of following different people and looking at stuff. And one of the things that I, I recently learned was that um, having 15 hashtags, like it used to be you could use up to 30, I think, but mm -hmm. people who are bots do that and stuff. And Instagram has been like slapping that down. But 15 mm -hmm. hashtags on the bottom of everything with the keywords that you want is like the right, the sweet sauce, five short, yeah. five medium, five long. And so I've been trying it out and it's actually been really successful in terms of with yeah, this. I, I was surprised when I first started mm -hmm. it, when I first started using hashtags, because I thought, oh, it's just something that, you know, millennials do. <laughs> not that I'm not a millennial, but you know. It's funny. So Becca sent me a screenshot of somebody like trying that out or whatever. She goes, Instagram hack and sent it to me. And I saw it in passing. I was like, great. Our Instagram got hacked. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. But I misinterpreted that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, digging into the analytics of, of Instagram and seeing when the people that follow you are more at most active on Instagram mm -hmm. to post in those yeah. times and use hashtags that they want to see. And all those, all those sorts of things are really beneficial to uh, people who are wanting to start into any type of business, really. Yeah. So then people, people kind of find you on Instagram and stuff. And I saw you had one picture on your Instagram where you were at, at like a craft show and things like that. Like, is yes, that, I've been to a couple of craft yeah, shows. Yeah. Cool. So that's kind of like the primary how people hear about you, how you sell your product. And then if somebody reaches out to you, like you just like ship it to them in the mail and then, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yep. So if, if someone reaches out to me via email, because uh, I have an email through Sherwood Crafts, Nate at SherwoodCrafts.com, mm, nice. uh, they can reach out to me with specific re uh, requests, either, hey, I want this diced tower made out of this specific wood, or, hey, I want a coffee table, for instance. Mm, yeah. uh, I, can, I can think about that project to see how long I would expect it to take and send them a quote. Yeah. And then you just like bill it by project and stuff like that. Like you don't have mm -hmm. like a, that's so cool. Yeah. And then can I just ask what you use for your, I'm just always curious what people use for the different invoicing and things like that. Like, what do you use for that? Uh, I use, actually, I just use a, a invoice template from Excel mm, handy. And, and, and save them. Uh, I have my logo through, uh, through that. And then I just changed the invoice number to the next one in the in the sequence and uh and just save them that way nice that's cool yeah. and then you have like a consistent form of documentation over time over time so that's cool. exactly yeah um 
I, so when you were talking about like your tools that you used to have or like a small amount, I was just like chuckling to myself because like just looking back, you're probably like, wow, how did I even get by without all of these things that I, I know. <laughs> yeah. And like, so when you, when you think about how you started out, what is one thing that you liked doing and then now you no longer like doing like, yes, uh, bowl turning actually making bowls really (laughs) um i thought for sure seeing uh seeing as my last name is turner uh i would like turning bowls and so i started doing it and then i don't know if it's the the way that i'm i'm using the tool or the way that my lathe is set up but more often than not my tool uh, grips into the the blank the the bowl that I'm making and cracks it and it's so disheartening when that happens and, mm. and when that if it doesn't happen uh, I'm not terribly pleased with the end result anyways so like it, the sanding is something I'm not uh, I'm not used to yet and I haven't had a lot of time to put into the fine details of of sanding a bowl yeah. So it's something that I've kind of put on a back burner for now. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so I have one more question for you. Um, when somebody is looking to get into something like this uh, woodworking business, what kind of recommendations do you have for them uh, or resources that you've used that you say, definitely check these things out. They're really effective for me. Let me turn my page. <laughs> I, have a, I have a long list. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so as far as advice goes, start small. You don't need expensive tools in order to make something. You just need some tools. You know, the tools that I started out with were a table saw, a chop saw, and that's about it. You know, now I have a band saw and I have a planer and I have all these other things that help me make these uh, pieces faster and more accurately but get the basics and learn how to make those as accurate as possible because those skills never go away. Uh, Tell your friends about the things that you're making because Mm -hmm. they might want something. They might want a cutting board and cutting boards, relatively speaking, are fairly easy to make Mm -hmm. and they they can, you can sell them for a a pretty high price uh, if they're well-made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as resources go, YouTube, YouTube is a massive uh, warehouse of content for DIY training to teach you how to do things, especially with YouTube or, or with, with woodworking, rather. Uh, some of the ones that I personally like, uh, Jonathan Katz Moses, Stumpy Nubs, funny name, but he's a great guy. <laughs> that seems guy. a little scary. Uh, <laughs> what's that? Becca, you cut out there, Will. Oh, I just said it seems a little scary, his name. I know. <laughs> yeah, like maybe you wouldn't want to look at him. <laughs> yeah, but no, he's, he's all about safety. And so it's, oh, it's wow. kind of ironic in a sense. That's funny. Um, I love that. But yeah, one of the, as I grew my business, uh, some other resources that I was really into is uh, pirateship.com, hmm. which is uh, discounted uh, shipping rates. Um, Harbor Freight for entry-level tools, grizzly.com for good tools that are quality but not over-the-top expensive, and uh, Lumberyards. That's that's a, a advice that I would give as well. Don't go to like Home Depot, hashtag not sponsored, uh, <laughs> and get pine. That That's 
Unless Home Depot wants to sponsor this episode. (laughs) (laughs) But it it probably wouldn't work out because he just said, don't go to Home Depot. (laughs) Home Depot's great. I'm not going to. And I don't, I'm not discouraging people not going to Home Depot or Menards or Lowe's <laughs> or whatever, but the, the, the wood that you get there is what they call construction grade, or it, it's mm-hmm. not meant to be accurate, and it's not meant to be without defect, and it's going to probably be warped or bent or you know cupped, something like that. Mm-hmm. If you go to a lumber yard, first of all, you have more access to a wider variety of species of wood, and you also have uh, access to higher quality wood. So instead of buying pine from a big box store, not mentioning any names, uh, you can go to a lumber yard, a, a local lumber yard, and get something like poplar, which is, it might be a, a dollar more expensive per board foot, but you're getting a better product. So when you go to those uh, stores and stuff like that, what is your favorite kind of wood, just out of curiosity? Yes. So I have two different kinds of wood that I really, really like to work with. As far as a domestic wood or a wood that grows in America, I love to work with walnut. Walnut Mm. is such a beautiful, naturally dark wood. And when you cut it, it smells amazing. (laughs) If you you talk to any woodworker uh, and they'll they'll talk your ear off about how a wood smells. (laughs) Um, As far as as far as an exotic wood that I like or a wood that you can find that doesn't, uh, that doesn't grow in America, mm. I love working with sapele. Mm. It's, a, it's a cousin of mahogany, and it smells like cinnamon when you, uh, when you cut wow. it. Wow. What? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> this is so cool. amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm learning so much. This is, I, I have so many other questions. I could just, uh, but okay. So we will, thank you so much for joining us. It was, you're just the best. And if you guys want to check him out, he uh, has a, a really cool website. Uh, it's the sheer, sheerwoodcrafts.com. And also his Instagram, like I said earlier, sheerwoodcrafts. Uh, like him, follow him. Uh, but we are going to transition into the sister gawk portion of our episode and keeping in the, uh, okay, not anything to do with the episode, but <laughs> we, because we're around Halloween time, uh, we're going to talk about a time when our family decided to go reverse trick-or-treating. Um, okay. So, yeah, Becca, take it away. Yeah, so, well, we were talking about this a little bit because, um, one, we're too old to go trick-or-treating. <laughs> it doesn't who. stop us, but... Says who? <laughs> you know, we're just, we're just a little old. People are usually like, once you hit about, like, 10, 11, they're like, okay, this is, enough is enough. <laughs> So one year we really wanted to go and Nate probably doesn't know this about us. So we have a lot of siblings and so we all decided to like dress up differently or whatever different. And, and I am like a punny person. So I always try to have some kind of like obscure costume that like really doesn't make any sense to anybody else. But I was Peter Pan and literally I just carried around a pan, like a big frying pan. <laughs> and my um, name's not Peter. <laughs> it wasn't that good of a joke. <laughs> okay, so one year I dressed up as a statistic. That was like really fun too, and people did not get it. It's okay. Yeah, it didn't make you any dress sense. Dress up as a statistic. Um, I was one in ten, and it was supposed to be like uh, I was a teenage girl and I was pregnant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was a great idea at the time when I was a teenager. I was like, 
This is just like a statistic. Anyways, Ruthie doesn't think any of my sense of humor is funny. It's fine. Not in, it's not any. It's just the <laughs> ma- vast majority is like, you have to think for 20 minutes before it becomes gets a chuckle out of me <laughs> like so, it's like it's like when you have to be really tired to watch nacho libre okay <laughs> so would you say would you say that maybe one out of ten of her jokes are good Nate has his own sense of humor so <laughs> see which pairs nicely with yours so there we go yeah, round of applause yeah. for him i'm, I'm clapping sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, and I'm good. never invited back again. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I'm going to try to wrap up the story. Anyways, we decided okay. to get a whole bunch of candy and go up to people's houses and knock on the door. And we were all dressed up and they were so excited to see us. And then we were like, and here you go. And we would put candy in their basket. And they were like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Because first of all, they were a little bit grumpy that we were way too old to be trick-or-treating. But then when they realized we were giving to them, they were like in utter shock. But then here's the advantage for those of you who actually still want to go trick-or-treating. It's like the best form of trick-or-treating because you just start out with a few things you really didn't want and then they're like well pick whatever you want and you just keep trading candy and keeping <laughs> good stuff for yourself it's a it's good swapping genius. system it's yeah. so good and all of the older people just think it's the greatest thing at the end because they don't feel like you ripped them off at all <laughs> even though you secretly did <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us nate you're great and uh, thank you listeners for listening to our uh, rambling so yeah join us again next week <laughs>